Welcome to the Corn Revolution Podcast. I'm calling this episode the Halftime Show. We're going to replay some of my favorite highlights from the first six episodes. These are the moments that really helped me start to put this Corn Revolution puzzle together. first comment that really struck me was actually during the first interview, talking to Ryan Myers in episode two. And so the ability to experiment and then try to achieve something uh, that you haven't every single year uh, really fascinates me. And, and the ability and, and understanding that to work with growers who get to put in, you know, maybe 30, 35 crops in their entire lifetime, uh, how serious and passionate they are about it uh, and really wanting to become better and better and uh, match that enthusiasm uh, it's a lot of fun. So I've really enjoyed those relationships over the years with, with producers. I've heard that said maybe once or twice, but I've never really, it's never impacted me the way you just said it. But a producer or grower, they get 30, 35 opportunities in a lifetime, and then that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. So a lot of pressure every year. You want to you wanna avoid failures at all costs. Uh, it's not like really any under, any other industry out there where, you know, 30 days later you may try something different uh, and expect a new result. you got to wait a full year uh, to get your next, your next at bat. That was huge. Just fully realizing the pressure that's on a farmer and therefore also on Pioneer. I remember thinking, but why now? Why is this season the season of the corn revolution? I would say six, seven years ago, we really took a good look at ourselves and said, are we the best that we can possibly be? Are we doing this as efficiently as we can? Are there new processes we need to bring in uh, to be better? Uh, are we only achieving uh, that two bushels of average uh, genetic gain uh, that's out there? And the last thing we wanted to be uh, was average. And so we started investing uh, aggressively in our breeding program. Uh, we took the, the world's most comprehensive and robust uh, genetic engine, and, and we made it bigger, we made it more efficient, we made it faster. And uh, the revolution, I would say, is, is right now is because uh, we're at the tip of the spear, and it's just starting to, to come into the industry, and it's just starting to be real uh, for the people that are going to be planting it in their fields. There it is, the corn revolution. And Brandon Wardeen, in episode four, reiterated just how real this corn revolution is. And as a researcher, you're always kind of doubtful. You're like, well, maybe it's not real. You know, it's a year interaction. Um, but it just kept coming. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty fun. You know, and so for me, it's actually really satisfying to start to, you know, I was like, finally, you know, start to deliver some of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like, for me at least, it was, it's not like it's a it's a boom, boom thing. I mean, there's a little bit of a lead up to this, to the genetic piece, you know, but now that lead up, I mean, we're starting to get, the, it's like the whole pipeline finally there, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, yeah, the dam was leaking, you know, letting some of these through before, you know, but now this, we just took the dam away and really? it's the, yeah, that's what they're calling it, the, the revolution. What was also interesting to me was not just the seeds that advance and get through this new pipeline but also the ones that don't. Neil Haas brought this up in episode three. And really what we found is we've, we've really, I think we have improved our consistency a great deal because there are, what we've, what we've seen every year since we've been doing this is that there are products, hybrids that would have advanced after the first year of impact out of the R4 year, that if, if that would have been in the old system, that after the second year of testing did not advance. They, didn't, they weren't commercialized. 
And so there's actually, we've, I've, uh, through my estimation, there's been about 30 of those cases where, where we had products that weren't commercialized that uh, might have been in the old system. So that second year of pre-commercial field testing turned out to be another critical piece of the corn revolution. All this information and data being collected at every stage of the process. It was definitely a theme throughout all the interviews. The data analysis. Field data. Yield data. Dependent upon the data. Genetic data. Research data. Analyze the data. Trust the data. A lot of data. Andy Baumgarten summed it up well in episode six. So does Pioneer collect and store weather data in addition to all this other information? Absolutely. In our digital portfolio, there are petabytes of data um, that are coming through. So I think there's been announcements lately um, that around satellite data, weather data, um, soil data. Mm-hmm. We collect uh, all of that, plus all of our com- um, pre-commercial testing as well, too. Okay. I am up to speed on what a terabyte is. What is the petabyte? That's a thousand terabytes, I believe. Oh I know. Goodness. Actually, what I'd say is a ton of data. <laughs> <laughs> so tons of data now flowing into the Pioneer R&D process. That was clear. But throughout the interviews, I wondered, is this all about data? Is that good enough? Emily Zimke answered this in episode five. Do you ever have disagreements or conflicts with breeders over how to use data versus how to use intuition? There is an instinct to breeding. There is an art to breeding. And I think that's one of the big strengths that Pioneer has is they give their breeders a ton of flexibility in terms of how to breed and how to apply that art. I think there's a really good relationship between the breeding community and between the scientists here in Johnston, the statisticians who bring the best possible science forward, pair it with the scientific knowledge of the breeders and also their knowledge of germplasm. We don't have the perfect model yet. Maybe we'll get there some, at some point in my career, but there's still, a, there's still a big component of breeder intuition and breeder art that plays a role. So I'm starting to piece this corn revolution together. Here's what I know. It's not just one thing, it's the entire thing. All the improvements Pioneer has made through the whole pipeline. The genetics, the tech, the testing, all the breeding and germplasm experience Pioneer had all along. All these important pieces are coming together right now at this very moment in time. But we're just getting started here. The rest of the Corn Revolution podcast series is coming up, and I'm excited to dig deeper into what this means for Pioneer, and more importantly, what it means to farmers. Be sure to tune into the Corn Revolution podcast. To subscribe, just go to cornrevolution.com and choose your preferred podcast service.